what's been happening at Bailey House for news and interviews. Don't go anywhere else. We're not a rabble. We don't gabble. We're your number one for fun. We're the Bailey Babble. The Bailey Babble. Bailey Babble. Bailey Babble. Woohoo! Bailey Babble. And that's right, folks. You are listening to the baby Bailey Babble. I'm Matt, your host with the most. Yeah, <laughs> Hair missing. And joining me in the studio today is co-host Ed. Ed! Ed, Ed's meant to be here. Ed, co-host Luke's here. Luke, could you tell the listeners... Welcome to you, mate. How are you going? Good. Could you tell the listeners why co-host Ed isasn't here today? Why, why, didn't, why didn't he join us at the beginning of our show? He doesn't like what? He doesn't like the theme song. He doesn't like my singing, I think. Hey, Luke, thanks for being here. Welcome. Co-host, co-host Angus is here. Hey, well played on the harmonica, mate. That's all right, mate. Yeah. How are you on this glorious day? How's the weather out there? An update for the listeners? Beautiful. Beautiful day. Good day for cricket. It's a great day for cricket. We might get into that at lunchtime. That's right. Get into it at lunchtime. How are the Aussies going in the cricket, by the way? T20 World Cup. Did we make it through to the finals? No, No, we didn't. (laughs) We lost. Sack the captain, Angus. Sack the captain. I don't know. That might be a bit harsh. And over here, over here is co-host Sammy Baker. G'day, Sam. How are you going? I'm going to do. <laughs> Fantastic. I can tell you. I can. I can tell you're in a good mood. Hey, uh, Sammy, have you been watching the uh, uh, um, AFLW? What? The AFLW. <laughs> have you been watching the AFLW? Yes. Of course you bloody have. Who is it? It's finals time. Yes, finals. Hey, and it gives me it gives me great excitement to welcome to the microphone. Who's he? Now, hang on a darn second. I can hear Edmund. No, no. He's at the Edmund. Co-host Ed, welcome, mate. No, mate. Ed's he's getting sidetracked. Hey, I'd love to welcome to the microphone. God, it's going to be a loose episode today. Special guest Harriet Corner from the Richmond Tigers. How are you, Harriet? And welcome to Bailey Bubble. Woo! <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. The AFLW vice captain of Richmond, I should say. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're great. We're, we're, we're really chuffed to have you here, Harriet. Really, the boys have been so pumped. I'm very, I'm very excited. What are your thoughts early, Harriet? You've been here for a few minutes. What are your thoughts early? Uh, look, there's a good energy about the place. I, I, unlike Edmund, I actually really liked the theme song, so that was a really good kickoff. Any and suggestions how it could be improved? I wouldn't mind hearing Sammy and Luke get involved at some sort of singing level, but um, no, I think other than that, it was brilliant. Well, Luke, Luke, brilliant, really great. Thank you. Well, that's a, that's a good start, Angus. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Harriet, now you've got a link to Bailey House that a lot of people may not know about. Can you tell us about that? I do. My cousin, Orlie, um, attends Bailey House. She's at the Nepean campus, which I actually didn't know until I got here today. So I was hoping I'd get to say a little hello to her. But, um, yeah, there's my connection. And I often join join you guys on Footy Colours Day. So it was a shame that I couldn't come this year. I was working, but hopefully I'll be back next year. Yeah, we would love to have you back. We went off. Like a milk went off like a fish milkshake. It went off like a fish. Hey, it did. I beg your pardon. I was in here. I was you cooked. Here. Well, I can tell you, Angus, it went off like a fish milkshake in the sun. Oh, thank you. 
Oh, yeah. Hey, now, Harriet, of course, we know that you're an AFLW player. I'm going to share some picks with you, Harriet. Oh, no. <clears throat> no, no, before I do that, I want to know what was the first sport that you ever played? You're playing AFLW now? Yep, um, before I played... Well, you mean the first sport ever? Ever. Oh. Well, I did play footy. I did play footy when I was younger. So when I, I've got two older brothers, and when I was about six, and they were, oh no, I was probably even younger. I was probably four, and they were doing Oz kick. I would go down. There were no girls allowed at the Oz kick, and there were no, no girls that played at that club. But I would go down and just join in with what they were doing. And then my dad would goal umpire on the weekends, and I'd get roped into waving the white flags. So that's probably my earliest memory. No girls allowed. No, we didn't have. We were allowed to. I was allowed to join Auskick when I was after I turned sort of six or seven, and then I could play. I did Auskick for a couple of years with the boys, but I was the only girl, and then we weren't allowed to do it anymore. Yeah, great. Well, I'm glad it changed. I, I did a stint as an Auskick coach down at South Melbourne, and we had a great relationship with the St Kilda Sharks. Yes. There was plenty of little girls doing Auskick and plenty of sharks like Phoebe McWilliams. Absolutely. And South Melbourne have a great women's program now. They're all the way through the juniors. They've got girls everywhere there. So that's awesome. Now I want to share some photos. But let me see, let me just see if... Ed! Ed! I don't know. We lost it. Is the Brighton Hotel open yet? It probably is. Oh, Ed's probably gone down to the bloody Brighton Hotel. <laughs> Um, Harriet, I want to share some. I want to share some pictures with you, Harriet. If you just give me a moment, I want to share a couple of pictures, and I want you to tell us what these pictures. Well, I want to show Angus a photo, actually. Yeah, certainly. What do you see for the listeners, Angus? Luke, we're going to look at it shortly. What do you see when you look at that picture? Looks like someone's drinking something. What do you What do you see? Who's in the picture? Harriet. Harriet, I, I see an, an I see like a, a an older man and a little an older man and a little and a toddler. Boy. Now, what a can you toddler. tell us about that picture, Harriet? Ah, oh, there we go. That is a photo of me. That is me there with my pop, my pop who I was very close with, and we were up, up at my auntie and uncle's place up in New South Wales. Harriet, Harriet, can you reveal the next reveal that reveal that next photo too, please, Harriet? <clears throat> What do you see in that picture, Luke? That's your dad, isn't it? That's a dad. What, well, what do you see for the listeners? What's what's a gentleman doing? Playing footy. And he's wearing what jumper? St Kilda. No. Oh, Melbourne. Yeah, not all St Kilda bloody jumpers, mate. <laughs> no, no, St Kilda. <laughs> Harriet, now who is this gentleman? Is so, that? that is my pop. Same pop from the other photo. Um, and he is kicking a footy playing for the Melbourne Football Club. Well, tell us a bit more about Pop. Now, don't be sheepish. He was quite a talented footballer, right? He was a very talented footballer. So he played played for Melbourne, Captain Melbourne, won a Brownlow medal. Um, yeah, did, he did it all. He did. And he was a very humble man, but, yes, a very, very good footballer. So he, I obviously didn't get the pleasure of watching him play, but I've heard many, many stories. Sorry, Harriet, I, I moved the microphone. That wasn't very professional. I moved the microphone away. Harriet just said... That her father, he he played many many games. How many games did he play? And twenty minutes. He was a legend. He was a legend, an absolute legend. And I I can confirm that, Luke, because let me just give you a bit of a spiel I've found about Harriet's pop, Don Cordner, who was six foot two. He was a ruckman. He played one hundred and sixty six games with the Demons. He played in two premierships in nineteen forty one, nineteen forty eight. Won the Brownlow Medal. The first ever Brownlow medal at the Demons in 1946. 
He won the first ever Bluey Truscott medal at the Demons for the best and fairest. The Demons best and fairest, Angus. In 1943. He was the Melbourne captain in 1948 and 1949. Made the Melbourne team of the century and is a Melbourne Hall of Fame member as a legend. Now, his brother was no mug either, Sam Baker. What do you know about uh, your uncle? Well, hang on. What is the relationship? Your pop's brother. Great uncle. Great uncle. Great uncle Dennis. What do you know about his career? I know that he was also a absolute superstar i think there was my grandpa used to tell some stories about he thinks that when he won the Brownlow, this is a funny story when he won the Brownlow, this is how humble my pop was when he won the Brownlow, he thinks that he stole some of dennis's votes so he always said oh i don't know if i really won it you know that was just his sort of story but so i know he was an absolute superstar as well and and did a lot for the melbourne football club just like my pop did and they were teammates absolutely they were Yes. Yeah, well, Dennis himself was six foot three. He was a big fella. The door's open. Thanks. I beg your pardon? The door's open. Which door? Oh, the bloody... Oh, shut the door. Well, I'm looking for Ed. He's gone downstairs. Ed! Ed! I think we might have lost him. I think he's out of Is my singing that bad? God, I'm going to have to go see a counsellor, Angus. Um, um, so, he, Pop's brother, Dennis... Won three, won three VFL premierships, 1948, 55, 56. He won two Melbourne Best and Ferris. Wow. Was the leading goal kicker in 1950. Was also the captain of the Demons. Wow. Made the team of the century as well as a Ruckman. What was that? And he's a Melbourne season? Hall of Fame member. Now, that's, that? now it doesn't, doesn't stop there, Harriet, does it? Tell us, did you not have other members of your family play for the Demons? I did. Um, the... Pop and Dennis's other two brothers, John and Ted, also played a little bit. They they played one game all together, all four of them, which was pretty cool. Um, and then my dad's cousin, David, also played for Melbourne Football Club as well before, uh, sorry, you know, um, in the 70s. Um, he also then went to Sydney, played a couple of games for Sydney, but we don't really talk about that because that's, you know, a bit different. And my, um, my grandpa's father also played for football. So there was, an, there was the generation before my pop and his brothers as well. So I was actually, when I started playing for Melbourne, I was the eighth cordoner to play for the Melbourne Football Club. I think they should just change the name of the football club to the... to the. Yeah, I think they should change it to the Melbourne Cordoners. <laughs> what? They should call themselves the Melbourne Cordoners. We're Cordoners. Or the Cordoner Demons. I think they need to talk about this, Luke. Luke... Now, I want to show you another couple of pictures here. Can I have a look at it? I want to... Oh, no, no, well, you can hold it up for, for, for Harriet. What do you see in that picture, Harriet? What do you see, Luke? That's a... Couple of blokes having a... Beer. Yeah, in a bar somewhere. Harriet, what does that mean anything to you, that picture? does a little bit i actually i do recognize that logo the casey comets i used to play for the casey comets in the wmpl in soccer so before you were an aflw player and we've got some proof of it there we have it that's me playing for what we called the alamein fc so that was after i played for the casey comets i moved over to a club um located in east melbourne and that's me, yeah, having a kick of a different kind of ball. And was that played at quite a good level? Was get, turning like professional soccer player, was that ever on your radar? Um, 
I did always – that was something that I was really aspiring to do to, to, was to take my soccer to the next level. And I think when I moved over to footy – or sorry, when the AFLW sort of competition emerged, um, I changed my tune a little bit and I've always really loved footy so I sort of went back to that. But before that, I, yeah, spent many, many years perfecting or trying to perfect my craft at soccer and take it to the next level. Do you remember where you were when it was announced that the AFLW competition would be uh, uh, beginning? I was at home and I remember I just, something it, it was sort of, this was before it had been announced, but there was talk of it and something popped up on my Facebook and I that was how I sort of got into it. I, I signed up to a... a um, thing run by the AFL that was a talent search where you could just put your name down, just fill in a Google form, say I'm going to come along. I, Beg your pardon? I played soccer. Oh, you played soccer as well? well Could have been a soccer-roo. Hey, go. and so, oh, okay, so that was, the, that was your journey into the AFL. There was yeah. no draft. Not for me. So I went to the talent search um, and there were sort of scouts from all, all different AFLW clubs at the talent search and it was, for, it was supposed to be for people who – yeah, hadn't weren't currently playing women's footy. So I was obviously currently playing women's soccer. Um, went to this talent search and then I got called a call by um, the Melbourne recruiter and a couple of other clubs, but the Melbourne, obviously that one sort of stuck out to me. And um, I went down to a, a trial at Melbourne and then I got picked up prior, prior to the draft, prior to the first draft, because I got picked up as a rookie because I hadn't played high-level football before or competitive football before. So I was classed as a rookie, which just, which just meant that they could get me before the draft happened. And now you're like a, a mainstay in the Tigers lineup. Were there many other girls from other clubs in your situation that have, have um, persevered and, and still holding their own? Um, I don't know. There's one one other girl who was the Mel- who was a rookie at Melbourne the same year as me. She's now playing – Kat Phillips, she's now playing for St Kilda. Um Actually, sorry, she moved to Essendon this season. But she – I actually think we're probably two of the only rookies left that have sort of then found our way into, the, I guess, the main team and, and kept kept at it. And what were your emotions? Like when you, when, when it, when you knew it was going to be a thing, the AFLW was – it was going to be a thing, what were your emotions? Um, I remember just being incredibly excited. I think I didn't know what it would – just like – a lot of people I didn't know what it was going to grow into um, I had no idea where it was going to go but for me the exciting part of you know the exciting prospect was being able to play footy which I'd grown up loving the sport I'd grown up watching the sport I'd grown up watching my brothers play um, I'd never really had an opportunity to play it competitively so for me that was the exciting bit and it ended up I ended up sort of yeah being I guess lucky enough to be able to play it on on a stage like you know an, on an AFLW stage um and now we've just seen over the past six seven years that the competition has just gotten bigger and bigger so I think it was probably a bit of excitement and also just a bit of the unknown not really sure what what it was going to bring hey is, are there any elements now that you're in the AFLW system are there any elements of like community sport that that you miss in that environment um really I think we do get the we sort of get the luxury of I guess our season being shorter and I mean as much as I would love it to be longer but um that we then get to go and play VFLW which is a little bit more community like 
So I think we also get, we get a bit of, you know, the best of both worlds. But I also think the vibe, um, the atmosphere at AFLW games is a little bit more like what community football used to be like. You know, um, there's families sitting on the grass watching it. People are having a beer just in the sun, I think. So it does have that that element. So I don't think, I think that sort of makes me miss miss those things less because we sort of got the best of both worlds, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I've been to a number of AFLW games. Oh, as uh, And we have Angus, yeah. Well, we have. Down at Moorabbin. And it's a, yeah, it's a good vibe. It's a really welcoming vibe i find angus so we know that if we got it right carrot aflw season one was 2017 correct yes drafted to the mighty demons who you grew up following i imagine all your life i did yes absolutely all right but then today as 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 harriet sits opposite today sammy she's wearing uh she's not wearing melbourne of course she's wearing richmond yeah, we're in Richmond jump. The big question is, Angus, why Why did you have to change football teams? That is a good question. I thought you might ask me that. <laughs> um, now, I, I didn't have... Is it true you only changed... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on a second. Is it true you only changed teams because the Tigers have got a better theme song? Absolutely not. I believe that Melbourne have a better theme song, actually. Really? I do. I Well, I've grown up listening to it all the time. So I do. Yeah. Anyway, that's a story for another day. I will answer Angus's lovely question. Um, I didn't have to change teams. I, I made a decision to change teams. I think... I had played for Melbourne for four years and I was, I'd loved my time at Melbourne. I loved, um, you know, the opportunity they gave me and I loved playing for the football club that a lot of my family had played for and that I'd grown up barracking for. Um, I just felt like at the time I was, there was, I just needed a bit of a change. I probably needed, um, I wanted a bit more of an opportunity in terms of positionally where I was playing and um, I was playing a very sort of set role at Melbourne and, and that sort of, um, probably hadn't changed in the four years and I wanted a bit, a, to play a bit more of a free free defensive role and I got to do that at Richmond. Um, so it was a really hard decision to move because I was obviously leaving a lot of family history and leaving a lot of um, like ties at Melbourne and I had some really great friends there and I do, did really love the club. But I think I just wanted to challenge myself and get a bit more outside my comfort zone and, and give myself a different opportunity, which I did. And um, it obviously paid dividends because that was in 2021, right? Yes. And in your first season at the Tigers, you were named in the All-Australian squad. I was, yes. So I think, yeah, definitely challenging myself and getting outside of my comfort zone and, you know, doing something different with a new group of people, a new coach and all that sort of stuff did, yeah, it did pay dividends to my footy and I had a really good season in that first year at Richmond. Do they change much, the two clubs, like in their programs and their facilities, access to staff? Yeah, a lot. Very different. Really? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I obviously came into Richmond in the during COVID um so when we were sort of in a bit of a restricted um just time in our lives I guess but I there's definitely a big difference in the way they run programs which is very interesting because we're all going after the same goal so it is yeah it's fascinating how different different clubs run um and not you know there are good and bad parts about both both programs but it, it was a bit of an adjustment but also a bit of a gave me a bit of a new lease of life and something different to do because I'd be doing the same thing for four years as my wife says to me when she sees me doing something around the house that she would have done another way not wrong just different yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey uh, now we're, I think we're heading across to you Mr. Uh, Baker yeah question one thanks Sammy did you choose your number? 
Yeah, because at the Demons, right, you were number 21, but now I believe you're number 23. 23. So, yeah, at Melbourne I was 21, and I, I, I mean, I was lucky enough to get the same number as my pop at Melbourne, so that was why I was number 21. Um, when I came over to Richmond, there was already a 21, um, and I also thought, you know what, I'm forging my own path and I'm playing for a different club, and so I, I wasn't sort of too sad about not having 21. I chose 23... There were a few numbers to choose from at the time when I came across. I think it was 12, 23, 29, and maybe like 34 or something. So I chose it out of, I thought it was the best of a maybe not great bunch. But I actually think 23 is a good number. Some of the greats have been 23. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Straight Buddy Franklin. Out. So a few. So yeah, I did choose it and I quite like it as a number. Shane Warne. Shane Warne, exactly. There you go. Lots of the greats. I beg your pardon, Luke. Stuart Lowe was also 23, was he? Yeah, yeah. He was, wasn't he? he was. And he was one of the greats for sure. Luke, you're up, mate. The greatest football. In the greatest football. It's bucket hands and bucket. Yeah, he, he, you could, you could, you could, uh, Harriet could do worse than watch some of his vision, couldn't she? Right, mate. Be, would have been fun trying to defend him. Luke, question one from you, please, mate. And Stuart Lowe. Harriet talked about not getting the opportunities in the. Uh, she wanted to try something new at the um, at another club. You've got a now. You've got a field there. What do you see, Harriet? You see an oval here. Mm. What? Hang on. What? Full forward. Now that's a football. Um, oval. Yeah, that's a position, right? Yeah. So your question for Harriet was about positions, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And the question is. What persistence do I mean? What position do you play? Who printed that out? You did. Well, why does it say why position do you play? Oh God! <laughs> oh, I stuffed that I up. Well, I just heard you, Luke, when you were asking that question. Did you say full forward? So maybe I look a bit like a forward, which is actually a bit of a compliment to me. Yeah. But I play down the opposite end of the ground than full forward. I play full back, really. You don't care to be the rock star in front of the sticks? Pardon? You don't care to be the rock star in front of the sticks? No, 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 not showy enough for that. But yeah, I play, well, I sort I play defence. Um, at Melbourne, I really was the full back, um, which I guess, as I was saying before, one of the things, one of the attractions for moving to Richmond was to play a little bit more of that sort of intercept halfback role. I wanted to use a bit more of my run and get a bit higher up the ground. So, yeah, I play in defence. Um, sort of not not as strict as it used to be in terms of having a fullback and a halfback and a pocket. It, we sort of just have, you know, a group of defenders and they do their thing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I sort of like to play a bit of a running back role. And so what are your strengths that see you as a good defender is it your um, aerobic capacity perhaps um yeah and i think i think my my um my speed as well and my ability to my my strength like my ability to play one on one with a defender and um yeah win win a one on one contest and then mark aerially is probably a good strength as well now hang on i've got ed's where the hell is he? I'm going to go for a little walk. Just bear with me, folks. Dan, welcome to Bailey Babble. Dan, have you seen Eddie Mulcahy in your travels? Oh, was he on the roof before? Oh, God. Oh, man. Daniel just said he thinks he saw Red on the roof. 
Well, I'm going to ask Ed's first question. Ed's got pretty good hair. He's, he's like a cat. He'll land on his feet. No, you won't. Harriet, Ed's question was, do you have to wash your own jumper? We don't have to wash our own jumpers. So at the, you. did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Well, that was your guess. Well, let's find out I the could, cold hard facts. For the record, I could wash my own jumper. I'm perfectly capable of washing my own jumper. But they do at the end of the game. We take off our jumpers hey, and we you. put them. We give hand them to. We have a, some beautiful property staff um, who then take our jumpers home and wash them. Or wash them at the club, sorry. And then they keep them on them for the rest of the week and then they bring them to our next game. I think the main reason is because there, I guarantee there would be people in my team that forget to bring their jumpers if they had to bring it. I know it seems very silly, but there would be people who forget to bring them to the game. So it's just better if somebody else controls it for us and makes them nice and clean and ready, ready to go. After a game of football, you're going to be pretty hot and. I mean, what about yeah, you? Don't be smelly, wouldn't you? I mean, what about your socks? They don't have to watch your smelly socks, do they? Uh, they do. They oh. wash it all. They wash our shorts, our socks, and our jumper. <laughs> do, do you have the same access to all the staff that the AFL men have at the Tigers? Um, we have a separate set of staff. Some that work across both programs, but we do have our own. So we've got our own property manager. We've got our own physios. Our own doctor. Um, but we do have some that work across both programs um, because ours is still part-time. They can sort of work part-time in the men's and then full-time with us, which is equal to a full-time total job. Um, but again, now that the seasons have changed a little bit, well, the women's seasons changed a little bit, it's a little bit harder to work across both programs because then you don't really get a break. Um, so, yeah, we do have access to our own staff, but we do have a bit of cross-interaction with the men's staff as well. Now, speaking of part-time... It's a good segue, Angus. What? To your question. What? Well, it's in front of you, old boy. Oh, yeah. Are you rich? <laughs> what? Well, does... Do you have baths? We've got a picture here of a woman in the bath. She's bathing in all these dollar bills. Does playing AFLW make you rich? Now, do you know what? It doesn't make me as rich as that photo that you've got there, Angus. I've never been able to do that. I don't do. I don't bathe in my money. But um, no, it doesn't. I don't. We were lucky enough this year to get a bit of a pay rise in the AFLW, so that was really nice. The pay has now sort of gone up to reflect, I guess, the amount of work that we put in. But it's definitely still not um, not enough to be your only your one and only job. So I also work outside of playing footy. Um, And that, you know, combined with um, what I earn playing footy is enough to, yeah, keep me on my feet and um, that sort of thing. But no, it's not a – I wouldn't say that anyone's really doing it for the money, but I don't think, you know, if you asked anyone, that's not anyone – none of the girls that I play with, that's not their motivation for it anyway. How many hours a week would you spend at the club? Uh, Well, we train four to five times a week and we're probably there for about – five hours each session so what's that anyone good at math 20 hours yeah 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 and that's probably that's probably that's in terms of structured training hours but then i would i i actually live pretty close to richmond so i would go across there on most other days and do a bit of recovery and do a bit of extra extra sort of stuff so that's i guess our contracted and required hours during season um and then yeah i'd be spending a few more hours each week over there doing so, so what's your other job i'm a primary school teacher Mm, Molding young minds. I teach PE at a primary school in Brunswick. 
Ah, wonderful. And, and what about some of the other, some of your teammates? What, give us an example of some of their professions. I guess they're pretty varied. They are pretty varied. I th- we, there are a few teachers. I think teaching's quite a good job because you uh, you do t- you teach during the day and you have that time outside of you know um, at the end of the day to train. Um, we've got a couple of we've got a paramedic. We've got a few physios. Physio is quite a common one actually, and a lot of them for that for them that's quite good because they can tailor their client out you know availability to clients um, within the footy season and and make it work for them because obviously the hour, hourly requirement of our training is going up. As the competition expands and as the competition gets bigger and we're getting paid more, we're required more during the day and sort of just need to be available more. So um, they're probably the most common jobs. We, then we've got a few girls that are a bit younger that are still at uni and just working some sort of, you know, cafe jobs, that sort of thing, just to get a little bit of extra money but not working full-time or anything. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of girls are actually losing money to pursue this dream absolutely yes definitely that's the case um which is sort of in that in-between phase at the moment where it's not full-time yet um but it's still yeah it's part-time but you still need to be able to dedicate enough time if you want to be any good at it so do you have any teammates that are full-time uh no i don't there are some girls i reckon this year a lot of girls dropped down from full-time to to part-time because because the hourly requirement went up and because the pay went up so it just gave us that flexibility to be able to do that what would your teammates, Harriet, say is your most annoying habit? Gosh, whose question's this? Was that your question? Well, just interesting. Interesting. Um, my most annoying habit would be that I'm extremely messy. So we have a locker room and where you, you come in at the start of every session and you, you know, that's where we keep all our stuff and our, we have sort of a, <laughs> we have a locker that's about the same, a bit taller than me. So there's a, a lot of space and mine is always very, very, very messy. So that would be my, yeah, that, I'm sure that would be their go-to thing. I think she's calling herself a slob, Angus. <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. What about, you're not this bad at home, are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's honest. All right, let's throw a teammate under the bus, Harriet. Have you got a teammate with a really annoying habit? Have you got anyone that's like a? What? Well, I just want to. Is there anyone that's a? You know what? Can I tell you something, Luke? Sometimes, sometimes at home, Luke, Luke. Some, excuse me. Sometimes at home, I might be in a sort of a relatively happy mood, and I might be going. As I'm doing the crosswords, and my wife says, "Would you shut up?" <laughs> Have you got anyone at the club that gets on your nerves sometimes? Oh, that's a great question. I would say Court Wakefield. Um, she's number eight. She plays up forward. She. It's not necessarily one specific habit, but she just has this thing that she likes. She just likes to stir me up, push my buttons. So every time I see her, she's got something to say to me about. It's often about being lazy. It's often about being messy. She will always just get stuck into me. And sometimes, you know, usually it's pretty funny. Other times I think, you know what, I've just had a day at work. I just want to come to footy and train and not be annoyed by you. But I do it back to her as well. So that's probably all I got for you on that one. Well, Angus. Hey, hey Sam. Maybe if Harriet tidied up a little, her teammate wouldn't have any bloody ammunition. I'm just saying, Harriet. Now. Where's Eddie? Because this is... Now, oh, Harriet, sorry, I've got a picture here. Now, this is quite controversial, Harriet. I don't know who wants to ask it. I don't know if I want to ask it. Luke, all right. You can ask it then. Thanks, Luke. No, no. Why not? You ask it. Oh, God. Sam Weir, do you want to ask? I've got a picture here. Do you want to ask? 
Sam <laughs> Baker. Sorry, Sam Baker. Sam Weir. G'day to Sam Weir if you're listening up in Rimbler. Uh, uh, Angus, do you mind? I don't mind. Yeah, you shit. You shit. What, what's the picture of, Angus? Underpants. <laughs> Harriet, can you confirm that? Yep, pair of men's jocks, I think. Yeah. All right. Now, the boys oh, said no, on... No, the Oh, no. The boys said I shouldn't ask. I'm going there, Harriet. Nathan Buckley, Harriet. You've heard of him? I have, yes. Champion of uh, the Brisbane Lions and the Collingwood Football Club. I read an article once, and he said one of the reasons he was a consistently good player, he attributes it to wearing a lucky pair of underpants. <laughs> Harriet, do you have a lucky pair of underpants, or do you have any super... What? She's not... You shed it, you monkin head. She hasn't stormed out yet. Harriet. I'm still here. You know what? It's do, you have any, do you have any other superstitions? Well, Before a well, game. Answer the underpants question first. I do have a lucky pair of underpants. Oh, there you have, go. They're called my game day undies, and I wear them every game, game day. day. Game day. Game so day. So every game day, and it's actually really quite sad when they you wear them out. I obviously haven't been wearing them for seven years, so I've had to get seven new years. game. I've had to get new game day undies for seven years. Well, no, I haven't. So they only lasted me three years, and then I had to buy a new pair. Oh, you've got to, got to, got to. So, but anyway, they only get worn on game day, so that it's just once a week for ten once weeks, and then. Not, but so it's an absolutely fair hey, enough question. A valid question. Valid question. Hey, Harriet, um, we're going to move across to. Uh, we'll focus what's going on in the room, if you don't mind, Angus. Yeah, Sammy, your second question, which I'm afraid we're going to spend a little bit of time on. Okay, own your pants. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 you're I'm not under... Underpants? Oh, you're going to... Is that my nickname now? Underpants. <laughs> no. Have you ever been in childhood? No. Close. Have you ever been ancient? Oh, now, Harriet, hold that yeah, thought. Hold the thought, yeah. Have you ever been injured? That's not a bad question, though. What about question... Question A, have you ever been in jail, Harriet? I've never been in jail, no, no. She was, but she was, he was joking. I know, I know. But I have been injured before. All right, I want to show you some pictures, Harriet. And I want to get your thoughts. How does that, what do you see there? Uh, I see. Where does this, what, what day is this and tell us about what's happening? Uh, this was in round three in the in season six of AFLW, so the last season before this one. And uh, this was just, just after I injured my knee. Um, we were playing against Frio and, and it was in the oh, second man. quarter. And oh, I, had a, I had an injury to my knee and I've got a few teammates and the doctor around me it checking on me. There. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty awful moment. And as a, result, as a result, you haven't been able to play this whole season, right? Exactly. So I missed the remainder of season six and then I've missed all of season seven, which has been tough. Very tough. Um, Harriet, for, now I watched a documentary which I recommend people watch called Fearless about the AFLW. And, and um, Collingwood champion Bree Davey, who's a very good player, she was mic'd up at the time when she actually injured her knee and she just lets out this really disturbing shriek. Um, can you describe that? The pain for you know, most people haven't done a knee injury. What what was the actual injury? Uh, so I tore my ACL, which is my anterior cruciate ligament, which is a, a ligament that's right on the inside of your knee. It's actually it's fascinating because it's the tiniest little thing, but it is so important to your knee. It just your knee just doesn't operate as a knee anymore. Um, but it 
it's funny the pain i have seen also watch that documentary and yeah that's an awful awful thing to witness brie um going down and hearing how she felt at the time but i um the pain it's funny the pain is a very split second awful feeling like it sort of feels like well it just feels like something's been ripped inside you and then the pain actually subsides really quickly and you feel completely fine so i think a lot of the time when you see someone do an acl the um the feeling that you're seeing on their face is the thought of the fact that they've just done it and the um i guess knowing what the next 12 months is going to involve um it's le- it's more that than it is the pain because i actually um i went down and i was holding it and i was in a lot of pain and then i got up and i was walking off with my doctor and my physio and i was like oh actually i think i'm okay and yeah right and that's that'd be difficult. that'd be that image yeah right exactly yeah and i think at this point i said to them oh actually wait I think I can walk off. No, I think I'm good. I'll go back on. And they—that's a very typical sign of an ACL because it can—it feels well, awful at the time, and then it goes to, and then it just right. disappears. Yeah. But you lose all strength in your knees if you tried to go about your daily business without getting it seen to. You could. You'd be fine to. A lot of people. You can. You can run in a straight line easily without an ACL. It's as soon as you try and change direction and you know do all those other demands of football that you're going to be in. A you had some good support on the day by the look of things. I did. My dad was um, pretty distraught as well. I think again because he knew what that meant for me that I was going to miss the season and that you know I was going to have a long time on the sidelines and a lot of work to do to get back. So yeah, he was pretty distraught as well. You know your dad really loves Angus when he's giving you a snuggle in your sweaty tigers outfit. Excuse me. I um, I Matt, we're here. Hang on a second. Well, we've got to keep moving, Luke, because we are under time constraint. Um, did I cover everything with regard to the knee? What about how do you, how do you contribute? How are you able to contribute? Because you've got to have a lot of time on the sidelines, right? How do you contribute to the club as a vice captain? Yeah, I think it's been difficult. Obviously, obviously, at the end of or when I first did my knee, um, it was this. It was. I mean, I've. Uh, missed the second half of the season um but now this and so that was i was able to be involved um but then this second half oh sorry this next season which i guess you know season seven or 6.2 or whatever you want to call it um has been pretty difficult because i haven't been able to play at all um and and for the majority of the pre-season and the season i haven't even been able to train i'm still not training with the main group so that's been difficult but i guess i just try and um you know, get around the girls and, and talk to them about their games, um, do a bit of – watch a bit of vision with them, review the games with them. And, and I'm at all the meetings and involved as much as I can in terms of, you know, you can see you can see the game from a, with a different set of eyes when you're not playing. So I've just tried to do that and, and that will also help my game when I return, when I come back from my knee. And when you're – so you're still contracted next season? No, I'm actually out of contract at the end of this season. So I will just have to see what happens. You're confident, though. They've put all this time and effort into you. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think there'll, I think there'll be a bit of movement because we've already had some expansion um, teams come in this year, and and they'll be looking to strengthen their sides a little bit too. So I think, I think after we've had two seasons in one year, so everyone's pretty exhausted. I think there'll just be a bit of a downtime, and then I think there'll, there'll be contract talks again, and we'll see what happens. Have you got a theory on why there's so many knee injuries in the women's game? I don't. I really have not. I've obviously, having since having done mine, have you know looked a bit into that and asked a lot of questions to a lot of people. And no, I don't. I really don't have a theory, and I don't know why. But I'm, I know there are a lot of people doing some significant research on it and trying to figure it out because it's yeah, it's not good. 
Hey, uh, now I can tell you that you're still making a positive impact because I've been talking to a teammate of uh, Harriet's Angus. And let me just read a little something, Harriet. I don't want to embarrass you. No, well, well, I don't want to embarrass Harriet, but this is from a teammate who sure name anonymous. I reached out and they said, I asked how, how, how are you contributing? And they replied, pretty simple. Her work rate and work ethic are on full display. She has been grinding away in the gym for countless hours. She has some seriously long gym sessions to get done, and those are just the ones we see her doing. There would be so many we don't see her doing when we aren't at training. She's so sweaty and puffing hard because she's putting everything into that session. So probably off the back of her work rate and work ethic, she's also showing us how to be determined even when things aren't going your way. How does that make you feel? Oh, that makes me feel lovely. I think I could probably guess who said it, but that does yes, make me feel <laughs> no. That does make me feel feel really nice because obviously, as I said, I'm I haven't been training with the group at all this season or preseason, so you can feel pretty isolated and you're sort of on your own just doing. I do do a lot of I do have to do a lot of work outside of the, the hours that I'm at the club, and so it is nice to get recognition for that and just know that people know you're doing the work. Who said it? Come on! I think it was probably Beck Miller. It was Beck Miller. <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for your contribution, Beck. Hey, we're going to move on to, uh, um, you know, where are we? Luke. Yeah, Lukey. This one, mate. How do you think it's going so far? <laughs> All right, Luke. you got a photo there of, of a number of AFLW captains. Who is your favourite all-time AFL player, Luke? Robert Harvey. All right. All right. Well, this is a similar question for Harriet. Mine was... Um, who? Can we stop talking about Hawthorne over there in the background? <laughs> We're trying to focus on... Um, where... Um, your cat... <clears throat> so, well, you we know that you really admired Robert Harvey. We want to know who, who the, um, who's your um my um mine. Yeah, in the AFLW, it doesn't have to be a teammate. Who do you really admire? Oh, that's a good question. I like that question. I, I think it's, oh, I, I admire so many of the girls. I think I did. Did really love playing with Daisy Pierce. I played, she was my captain at Melbourne. Um, and she, yeah, and she, I loved playing with her because of the way she, the way she played and her knowledge as a footballer. And I obviously came in as a rookie as a footballer. So she taught me a lot in my first few years at playing at Melbourne. I also really loved the way she, um, the way she engaged with her teammates and the people at the club. She's just a really lovely person and, and um, brings people together, which, so I, yeah, I, I really admire her. I think there are also other girls, you know, Court Wakefield is one that I play with who I, I know I put her under the bus before, but she she travels, she lives in New South Wales and she travels eight hours to training sometimes and she works on a farm and she she does a huge amount of work to get herself to the point where she can play and she comes, she comes to pre-season every season, you know, fit and firing and ready to go and she's led a completely different life in the off-season than any of my other teammates. So she's one that I have a lot of admiration for as well. Yeah, God, why wouldn't you? Hey, there's a lot of naysayers out there, Harriet. Well, there is, isn't it? There is. 
with, in this room. No, not in this room. <laughs> so what would you say to, to those people? Well, you might not even want to waste your time with them. But why will the AFLW, why is it only going to, to improve with every passing season? Yeah, I think you make a good point. I don't really waste any time thinking about the people that aren't interested because I think that if, you know, if, you, if you're not into, into AFLW, then don't watch it. That's not a problem for me. Um, but, you know, just respect the people that do choose to watch it and support it. Um, I think that the competition is just going to continue to to get better and better because we're getting kids now that these 18-year-old kids that are getting drafted have played footy since they were five um, and they're just coming through. They're elite footballers and they will then only become more elite as they get put into the put into the program and, and get pushed to get even better. So we're just going to see it skyrocket. Well, can I just give you a quote from former Australian cricket captain Alex Blackwell. And I listened to a podcast featuring her recently and she said, Luke, that I, this is her comment, this is her quote, I got better very quickly once professionalism came in and I could focus my energies completely on cricket. I love that period of my career where the race, sorry, where the rate of getting better was quite exponential. So that's only going to happen, isn't it? Absolutely. I think you see, you know, we've the men have had that opportunity always um, to go into as an 18 year old into an environment and, and dedicate all their time to that. We haven't had that. And we're starting to see that we're starting to get those opportunities. So we'll see that in the game. I'm, I'm doing all the talking here because I've got Ed's question as well. Who do you barrack for in the AFL? Do you have a different team in the AFL men's? I definitely do. I go for Melbourne. That's just, wow. yeah, I, I can happily and strongly say that. I beg your pardon. Tom. Tom's or well, Tom be happy with that, yeah, yeah. And Dylan as well, Sammy, yeah, okay. All all the greats go for Melbourne, don't they? <laughs> so is Richmond men? Are they your second team? Maybe. Well, I don't think I could have a second team in the men. The men, the Melbourne, Melbourne's my are my men. Like that's. Yeah. So most of the AFLW teammates, they they would follow a different AFL men's team. Well, I don't I don't know necessarily. I obviously have. I obviously grew up barracking for Melbourne, and I have significant. Con, you know, um, connect to the football club. So I'm probably maybe a little bit unique in that sense. I think a lot of my teammates would probably say they go for Richmond men just because we're in it. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe, nice. maybe don't mention it around the club. Yeah, probably, too much around yeah. the contract negotiation time. No, yeah, good call. What's your favourite food? Oh, spaghetti bolognese. It's an I easy one. That. Just yeah. Or just any pasta, but spaghetti bolognese. What did you have for breakfast this morning, Harriet? I had an egg and bacon sandwich. Yeah, I didn't ask her how much she weighs, Luke. I just asked her what she had for breakfast. You didn't ask me how many egg and bacon sandwiches I had. No, I had an egg and bacon sandwich and a coffee. Was my breakfast? What about um, sacrifices you've had to make to to be an elite athlete when it comes to food? Um, I probably we. We, I probably had didn't have to change my my diet too much. I'm pretty. I've always been quite um, quite Ooh. onto that. I've always loved sport, and I find you know putting good stuff into my body helps me have a good output. So I don't think I've had to make a huge amount of sacrifices. I do know people that have had to, um, and there are stories within the AFLW that that people have done that, and it's changed their body composition. It's changed the way they play. But I probably am lucky enough that that's always been something I've been quite interested in. So I haven't had to make too many changes. What's your favourite chocolate bar, Angus? What's your favourite chocolate bar? No, 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 I'm asking you, old boy. Oh, mine. What about you? Uh, what is it? Violet Crumble. Ooh, now when you have an occasional lapse, Harriet, mm. what do you succumb to? I do love hot chips. Like, a, you know, just a bucket of hot potato chips or fries. But I would say Violet Crumble's a very interesting favourite chocolate bar. I don't know if I've ever met anyone who's Violet Crumble's their favourite, ever. It's a very interesting one, Angus. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all different. Lukey, moving right along. Your third question, mate. Too much lunchtime, you know. Well, we're not going to stop because it's lunchtime, old son. Because we are, old man. We're going to push through. Lukey, we don't get AFLW Richmond Vice Captain Harry Cordner in every day, Angus. Luke, fire away, mate. I would have got Dean Vickerman in. <laughs> well, we might work on Melbourne United coach Dean Vickerman down the track. Let's go, mate. Uh, oh, Chris Goldie. Or oh, Chris Goldie. Um, what hobbies... <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> what hobbies... I, what's, your, what's your hobbies... Well, I love being outdoors. So I probably, I love going to the beach, being in the sun. I I can't, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do it again, but I really love surfing. So I'm not, I can't, I can't go surfing at the moment because of my knee and I'm not sure when that's on the pipeline, but that would be probably my, my top hobby would probably be surfing at the beach. Yeah, right. Are you a pretty competent surfer? Yeah, not bad. I mean, I haven't done it since I did my knee, so I don't know. I wouldn't be able to twist and turn or anything at the moment, but yeah, I love getting out in the water. Going for walks on the beach. Yeah, yeah. And you spend a bit of time at the beach somewhere down the coast? I do, yeah. My parents live down the coast, so and I grew up sort of holidaying down there as well. So it's sort of a bit of a second home for me, which is nice. Oh, man, I can't. I spent Saturday morning, Sammy, back on the, the beach at Alwood, admittedly. But the nippers is back. Summer's on the way. Nippers. Do you have a nickname? Footy clubs are pretty good with nicknames, typically, like Angus. They are. I get called, I mainly get called H or H, H however you pronounce it, that by the majority of my teammates, and that was definitely my nickname at Melbourne. A few of the girls at Richmond call me Harry, but it's mainly H. That's really my nickname. What? Can I? All right. All right. Here's a question for you. Why do you call everybody boss? How did you know? How do you know that I call everybody that? I got my ear to the ground. Now, if you call everyone at the footy club boss, who's the actual bloody boss, Harriet? Well, that's the beauty of it is they are everyone. No, that's the beauty of it that everyone thinks that they are the boss. I make everyone feel like they're the boss by saying, you know, boss. But I say it to everyone. <laughs> so you're not discriminating. Hey, Sammy, now if any of the Richmond girls are listening, you know what? If I, if I could give Harriet a nickname, you know what I'd call her? What? I reckon I'd call Harriet Elvis. No. I would. You know why? Have you heard of the song Suspicious Minds? Yes. And what do they say? We're, we're, he sings, we're caught in a trap. Caught in a, caught in a. We're caught in a trap, Cordner, caught in a trap. I don't know, Harriet. <laughs> I might see if that can pick up at the club, actually. I don't think it's going to. It might not. Like me. Like me, I don't think it's going to grow legs. Angus. When's your birthday? My birthday's on the 22nd of July, and I was born in 1992, so I turned 30 this year. I'm getting on. Do the clubs celebrate and acknowledge those milestones and birthdays in general? Um, they do. We often will sing a little happy birthday yeah, to everyone. Right. You often get a little stint on Instagram, little photo of you. Um, and we do have a sort of communication channel, a WhatsApp communication channel where it's always sent out. And, but, yeah, the girls are always really good at getting around everyone for their birthdays. Yes. 
Uh, I've overlooked the question from Ed, which no. is this one. Where is he? Harriet, I'm going to get you to ask your own question. No. Oh, do you have any pets? I do have a pet. I've got a little puppy. Her name is Frankie. And I actually, little story about Frankie. I, um, when I did my knee, I remember I was sitting in the, in the doctor's rooms after doing it. And I said to the doctor, do you reckon I've done my ACL? And she, you know, gave me the typical answer of, I don't know. We'll have to get a scan and see. And um, I said to her, do you know what? If I've, if I've done my knee, I'm going to get a puppy. And she sort of looked at me like, okay. And then the next, you know, two days later, I found out I did the scan and I ordered Frankie. And I actually got her from Court Wakefield, who I put under the bus. So I keep having to talk you about Court Wakefield. She over. grew up on Court Wakefield's farm, and so now she's my little puppy. And there's a photo here I'm holding up. Now, that's, tell us where you are in this photo. I'm at the gym at Punt Road, Punt Road Oval. So Frankie comes across the road with me and does a lot of my training with me, which is very nice. She's been my rehab companion. Rehab. Hey, Luke, I hope Frankie doesn't do any... In the in the gym, I mean, what would Damien Hardwick she say? Frankie, the- Frankie actually hasn't, but one of one of the other dogs, one of the staff members, brought his dog in last week, and she did a poo on the carpet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe. But not Frankie, not Frankie. She wouldn't do it. No. <laughs> This, this might have to come with an M rating. We've talked about underpants, <laughs> dog poo. <laughs> Luke, your, your last question, mate. We've, we're running. What planet are you on, mate? What planet? I'm not sure. Yeah, he does. You know what planet he's on? Planet bonkers, Luke. <laughs> what? Your last question, mate. Planet or what? Oh, planet bonkers. You want a minute? What? Nothing. Um. Uh, are you scared of... Ooh, yeah. Height. Big pardon? Heights. Yeah. Are you scared of heights, Harriet? Do you have any fears? No fears. I'm fears. not scared of heights. I love heights. I'm a bit of a daredevil. But I can see something on your piece of paper, Luke, that I'm absolutely terrified of. Well, he put it there. Ne- next to the aeroplane. You're, fi- you're touching it right now and it's making me feel really uncomfortable. I can't even look over there. What is it? What is it, Angus? A spider. Oh, gosh. It's making me feel a little bit sweaty and hot inside. I hate them. I really, really, really hate them. Uh, hang on a second. Harriet, quick question. Well, I, I hate that. Some, sometimes they sneak into a house. Harriet, what happens at your house if you get a spider inside? Who do you live with? Who helps? What do you do in that situation if they freak out? I live with my brother and I and a housemate, and my brother is just as scared, if not more scared, of spiders than me. I honestly think if there was a spider in my house at the moment, I touch wood that there's not, I would probably drive down the coast to mum and dad's and stay there for a little bit because I just can't. I, I cannot put up with them. I'd have to call in some help because my brother wouldn't do anything. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair phobia. Sammy, we've got about, we've got about six yeah. minutes to go, mate, and we're really grateful for Harriet's time. What's your last question? What music do you like? Yeah. Music. I'm not a, I, I like a lot of music. I, I, I do love music in general. I probably, at the moment, especially when the sun's out like this and we're getting a bit of warm weather, I like a bit of acoustic. Ziggy Alberts. I love listening to Ziggy Alberts. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of a, I'm, a, I'm pretty easy going with my music. Whatever's, whatever's playing, I like to just get involved in. What about pre game? Who controls the, the um, speaker before a match? How does that work out? Um, there's usually. Charles does. 
The, um, no, the, no, not the coach. Well, that'd be a disaster. There's usually one of the players will put on a playlist. We've got a nice big speaker, big boom box in our change room, and it'll just be, just be some classics that you can get up and dance to and get involved in. Sarah Hosking's probably the main one who will put the, put her playlist on. All right, and you're pretty happy with the playlist as a rule. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fussed about it. All right, keep up the good work, Sarah. Uh, now Ed's question was uh, relating to this picture. I'm going to get you to ask your own question again, Harriet, if you don't mind. Oh, where the hell? This is. I still complaining. It's about. It was a. It was a picture of a. There it is, Angus. You're a pumpkin head, Geelong. It's the nicest thing you've said to me today. Oh, shush up, will you? Can I have that? Do we drink any beer? Oh, do I drink beer? I do drink beer. I love a good. I love a good beer. Um, obviously, when I'm in season or in pre-season, <laughs> um, I don't drink alcohol. No, I um, I just don't feel like it helps me prepare well for the games or recover well from the games. But in the off season, I do enjoy a good glass of wine or a beer with friends or with my family. How would the team celebrate a win? Um, because our season's so short, we actually don't really. We wouldn't celebrate it by going out for a drink. Um, we just don't. We've only got ten games, and we've got to be. You know, we've got to be finely tuned throughout that. Just not long enough to be able to, to be able to um, have a drink during the week after a game. But um, we would, we'll celebrate the season at the end with a couple of weeks of going out a few times and having a good bev together. Pretty responsible, typically. Yes. Hey, the Tigers have really improved this year. Last season, you won three games. This well, season, the Tigers have won eleven games, seven wins, and one draw. Where's the improvement come from, Harriet? You got the semi-final this weekend against the Crows, so you're down to the final four. Excuse me. Where's it come from? North Melbourne. I apologise. Yeah, look, we've we've um, developed a huge amount since last season. I think part of that comes from we we brought on brought on a couple of new players to to strengthen our team, but also. We've now just had a few more seasons gelling together. We've got t- players now who, rather than being in their second season of AFLW, they're in their fourth season of AFLW and they're, they're getting better. And then, you know, they're feeding off the other players that we brought in and a bit more experience that we've got that we didn't have last year. So it's sort of just that everything's coming together, I think. Another pre-season, I think we probably also benefited from not having a really big off-season and the season back-to-backs. We could sort of just ride off. We've had a good finish to the season last year and we could sort of ride that momentum in. And, yeah, we've we've done an amazing job to have seven wins and a draw and be going into a semi-final this weekend. Yeah, there's no reason why the Tigers can't go all the way. The Lions are looking pretty ominous, however, aren't they? They are, yes. Brisbane Brisbane and Melbourne, I think, are both, you know, incre- incredible outfits. I think, yeah, there's no reason why Richmond couldn't couldn't get it done, but it'll be it'll be a tough ask to beat either of those teams. Hey. Two final things. I want you to finish these sentences for me. You might find this strange, but sometimes I like to Dance. How do I sit Bigfoot? That's such a hard question. Sometimes I like to Eat the skin of a kiwi fruit. Join the club. <laughs> How good is it? Yeah. It's not that difficult. Isn't it? No, it's not. It's not at all. I just couldn't think of anything else. You don't eat the spiky bum, though. No, no, no. Throw the spiky bum out. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Hey. What? Now, and finally, and Harriet, thanks so much for your time. This sentence I want you to finish for me. I feel happiest when... I feel happiest when I wake up and have my first sip of morning coffee. Oh God! <laughs> well, and we help. Oh, we well, we hope this has been a happy experience for you too, Harriet. Good luck to the Tigers. Good luck with your knee recovery. 
good luck with um, with with your future in the AFLW. Thanks for visiting Bailey Babble. Don't be a stranger. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very very happy to be here. And look at that. Forty seconds till we wind up. Hey, to all our listeners, thanks. Hey, thanks, co-host Angus. That's all right. I'm going. Thanks, co-host Luke. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, co-host Sammy. I love you, Matt. I'm a married man. Hey, and and to and to co-host Eddie. Thanks for nothing, Ed. Thanks for nothing, Ed. And to the listeners, thanks for dabbling. Yeah, you heard him. And to all our listeners, thanks for dabbling in all our babbling. This has been the Bailey Babble. We better go.